Okay, this is episode 92 of the Conservative Hippie Podcast. I think I'll title this one UAP, Captured Asset. Um, this has to do with the House Intelligence Committee subcommittee hearing on unidentified aerial phenomenon. Um, doing this podcast in conjunction and a partnership with Spirit of Admitos. You can look up his channel on uh, YouTube, Spirit of Admitos. Also at theconservativehippie.com. The show notes will be there and I will list all kinds of links and notes discussed in this particular podcast. The reason this one has come about is Spirit of Admitos has a, a military insider that suggested he look at the hearing and look for subtleties um, and little hidden things within the hearing that was said. Um, so I took it upon myself. I said, hey, that sounds interesting. I'll do that. This is my version. The uh, subcommittee hearing was about an hour and a half. You can watch the full thing. Check it out for yourself. I have condensed it down into what I thought were uh, particular bits. This podcast should be about a half hour in length with my commentary. All right, on with the show. And one more thing, uh, this is a video. I think it will work just fine as an audio podcast, so no need to switch over, but you can always find my videos at theconservativehippie.com. Just click on the particular episodes, and I usually embed the video there. All right, la that was the final thing. Here we go. More than 50 years ago, the U.S. government ended Project Blue Book an effort to catalog and understand sightings of objects in the air that could not otherwise be explained. For more than 20 years, that project had treated unidentified anomalies in our airspace as a national security threat to be monitored and investigated. In 2017, we learned for the first time that the Department of Defense had quietly restarted a similar organization tracking what we now call unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs. Last year, Congress re rewrote the charter for that organization, now called the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group, or AIM-SOG. For short, today we will bring that organization out of the shadows. This hearing and oversight work has a simple idea at its core. Unidentified aerial phenomena are a potential national security threat, and they need to be treated that way. For too long, the stigma associated with UAPs has gotten in the way of good intelligence analysis. Pilots avoided reporting or were laughed at when they did. DOD officials relegated the issue to the back room or swept it under the rug entirely, fearful of a skeptical national security community. Today, we know better. UAPs are unexplained, it's true, but they are real. They need to be investigated, and many threats they pose need to be mitigated. Okay, Representative Carson from Indiana sets up the hearings for us in the beginning. Fifty years ago, Project Blue Book was canceled. Um, it always had national security interests at heart. It ran for 20 years. Then supposedly it was ended, but... In secret, the Department of Defense continued to look into UFOs, which are now deemed UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. And that secret 
uh, uh, program was put in place from 2007 to 2012, uh, the Defense Intelligence Agency. Um, it was known as ATIP. Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Once again, it was supposedly stopped in 2012. However, another program ran in the background in secret. It was known as the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. That was operated by the Office of Naval Intelligence. And that brings us up to speed to where we are today, where Congress is now taking over, uh, taking over oversight and, quote unquote, funding of the next uh, organization that will look into unidentified aerial phenomenon. That's known as AIM-SOG, Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. And if you're paying attention, you would notice that those letters in the acronym do not match the order of the words. AIM-SOG, Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. But that is what they're starting, and there will be House oversight uh, for this officially funded um, program bringing the secret DOD programs um, out of the shadows and into bureaucratic control. This is a popular topic uh, in our nation with various theories as to what these objects may be and where they originate. By nature, we are all curious and we seek to understand the unknown. And as a lifelong intelligence professional, I'm impatient. I want immediate explanations for this as much as anyone else. However, Understanding can take significant time and effort. It's why we've endeavored to concentrate on this data-driven process to drive fact-based results. And given the nature of our business, national defense, we've had to sometimes be less forthcoming with information in open forums than many would hope. If UAP do indeed represent a potential threat to our security, then the capabilities, systems, processes, and sources we use to observe, record, study, or analyze these phenomena need to be classified at appropriate levels. We do not want, we do not want potential adversaries to know exactly what we're able to see or understand or how we come to the conclusions we make. Therefore, public dis disclosures must be carefully considered on a case-by-case -case basis. Ah, uh, yes, carefully considered on a case-by-case -case basis, public disclosures. So they're bringing these secret programs out of the darkness and into the light, but only the light they're willing to share. And, and he touched on a couple things that uh, are going to be pronounced throughout this uh, hearing, and that is that they deem—you would think that the UAP, the Hearing on Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, would be about the fantastic, the magical, the possibilities of whatever these things are. But at every turn, almost every turn, they set it up as a national security threat with adversarial relationships, planetary adversarial relationships at the heart. And therefore, they, uh, they, they have a secret meeting after this. So this is the hearing for the public. And then they're going to go in and have a secret hearing um, afterwards that's classified. And the reason they say that it's classified, which does make sense, is they want to keep all of the sensors and methods by which they study 
and take note of the aerial phenomenon. They want to keep those classified. And that does make sense, but it creates, it already creates this official um, sequestering of information that they might not want to get out for whatever reason they choose at that particular time. Again, case by case basis. Uh, they have this now official mechanism to keep things secret or classified. So again, throughout this hearing, they set it up as if uh, the primary concern is ad uh, terrestrial adversarial. In other words, China, Russia, whoever they want to present as the boogeyman, they don't want information, their methods and techniques, sensors and technology to get out into the wrong hands. So, hey, we can't share everything with the public. Up next is Ronald Moultrie, the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. He's a kind of spooky guy with a long resume of a spooky career. What are UAP? Put simply, UAP are airborne objects that, when encountered, cannot be immediately identified. However, it is the department's contention that by combining appropriately structured, collected data with rigorous scientific analysis, any object that we encounter can likely be isolated, characterized, identified, and if necessary, mitigated. So once again, uh, the theme of this uh, particular program, this House Intelligence Committee subcommittee hearing on unidentified aerial phenomena is all about the policies and procedures they're putting in place for data collection. And when they reference uh, previous efforts, they're genuinely refer they're generally referring to the um, let's see what was the previous group? It was the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, which was under the Office of Naval Intelligence. I forgot to introduce this gentleman, um, but the next gentleman up who's going to say what I consider maybe the most confusing word salad and perhaps the most prominent statement of the hearing. His name is Scott Bray. He's the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence. We can't explain. I, I mean exactly as you described there, that there is a lot of information uh, like the video that we showed in which there's simply too little data uh, to, to create a reasonable explanation. There are a small handful of cases in which we have more data um, that our analysis simply hasn't been able to, uh, uh, to fully pull together a picture uh, of what happened. Um, the, um, uh, and those are the cases where we talk about where we see some indications of flight characteristics or signature management uh, that are not what we had expected. Uh, when it comes to material that we have, we have no material. Uh, we have detected no emanations. Uh, within the UAP task force that that is uh, that would suggest it's anything non-terrestrial uh, in origin. So there's um, when I say unexplained, I mean everything from too little too little data uh, to we simply the data that we have doesn't point us towards an explanation. Uh, but we'll go wherever the data takes us. Again, we've made no assumptions about what this is or isn't. Uh, we're committed to understanding these, and so we'll go wherever that data takes us. So Mr. Scott Bray gives an answer there where uh, some uh, one of the House members, committee members, asked him about material that they have. And he says, and I quote, when it comes to material that we have, we have no material 
We have detected no emanations within the UAP task force that would suggest it is anything non-terrestrial in origin. And I thought that that was one of the more key moments of the hearing where he admits that they have nothing that would say anything they've come across in terms of material emanations are non-terrestrial. Now, that's qualified with the word salad surrounding it about um, the unknown knowns, um, about the fact that they have limited data collected on certain um, experiences that they've come across, so they're still open to anything. Um, but also within that was a very specific words when he says within the UAP task force. So once again, he's referring to the ATIP um, inform not excuse me, not the ATIP information. So after ATIP ended in 2012, that was the um, Defense Intelligence Agency task force, if you will. He's talking about the secret. Um, Navy uh, aerial phenomenon task force um, that is basically being rolled up um, into the light, if you will, within the bureaucratic control of this House committee. It is becoming this secret naval program is now becoming AIMSOG. Um, and so basically speaking within that, and it comes up later in this hearing, and we'll, we'll be sure to point it out, where it does seem like they're compartmentalizing themselves just to the UAP task force under the Navy control that's being rolled up into AIMSOG. So it's almost like they're not looking at any of the data that would have previously been discovered, even, even though they reference at a time. It gets confusing. That's why I said it's like a word salad where you have to really try to find the specific wording um, that they're using to try to pin them down. It's fair to say that you are a science fiction fan, is that correct? It's fair to say that uh, I am an inquisitive mind who has uh, spent 40 years in the intelligence field and has focused on both science and science fiction. That is fair. Could you tell us about it? Yeah, well, yeah, look, my generation grew up uh, looking at um, space sagas and, and the, the Apollo program. So all of us who uh, grew up in the 60s uh, were, were just thrilled by watching um, our first astronaut land on the moon. That was a momentous occasion to people who were of different generations. Uh, some of them didn't believe that happened. I still have relatives and friends who don't believe it happened, right? Science fiction to them. But to us, it was, no, that's the progress that we've made. And so I was enthralled by that, and I've taken that to heart. I enjoy um, uh, the challenge of what may be out there. I have mentioned to you that, uh, yes, I have followed science fiction. I have gone to conventions, even I'll say it on the record. Uh, uh, Got to break the ice somehow. But, uh, you know, I, I have done that, right? But there's nothing wrong with that. Um, don't necessarily dress up, but I do, uh, you know, I do believe that it's important to show that the Department of Defense has, um, you know, we have character. And we're people just like you, just like the American people. We have our, um, we have our, um, our inquisitiveness. Uh, we have our questions. We want to know what's out there as much as you want to know what's out there. We get the questions not just from you. We get it from family members. And we get them night and day, uh, not just in committee hearings. So finding what's out there is important. 
But first and foremost, it's important for us to do that so that we can ensure that our people, our personnel, our aviators, our bases and installations are safe. Um, and then that curiosity factor is something else that, uh, that we just want to know because that's the human race. It's just, you know, that insatiable desire to know. So that was the, that was one of the more bizarre and interesting moments of the hearing. Very touching, a very personal moment for um, Ronald Moultrie. Again, he's the Under Secretary of, De- Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, uh, CIA man, intelligence man, uh, basically spent his career in the intelligence community talking about how he would go to, uh, what was he talking about? He was talking about what, uh, def, not DEFCON, uh, Comic-Con, what, UFO conventions? I don't know. It's fairly bizarre. So uh, confirming what people in the UFO community would say for years, that the spooks would all go to their events, I guess, yeah, spook right there is uh, uh, pointing out that he's participated in the events. Uh, what a spooky character. And, uh, almost placing himself in the position of being somebody uh, like an Agent Mulder, this Agent um, Moultrie, uh, placing himself with that poster on the wall, I want to believe. I'm just one of you, man. I just want to believe. But did you catch that in what he was saying? I'm going to replay it for you, and I want to make sure that you caught it. The, the Apollo program. So all of us who uh, grew up in the 60s uh, were, were just thrilled by watching um, our first astronaut land on the moon. That was a momentous occasion to people who were of different generations. Uh, some of them didn't believe that it happened. I still have relatives and friends who don't believe it happened, right? Science fiction to them. But to us, it was, no, that's the progress that we've made. Just a bizarre moment there where he's talking about science fiction and space sagas. Then he starts talking about the Apollo program and what it meant to his generation. Then he talks about other generations that don't believe they made it there, that it's science fiction. And then back to, but we believe it as my generation. Very bizarre moment during the hearing where you don't get to hear, you know, someone from the intelligence community, military intelligence community, almost uh, bring up the conspiracy theory without bringing up the conspiracy theory that the moon landing was faked. There it was, right there. He brought it up, uh, unprompted um, as such. And in particular, within the frame of a conversation that started with his love for science fiction. As overseers of the intelligence community, this committee has an obligation to understand what you are doing to determine whether any UAPs are new technologies or not. And if they are, where are they coming from? In general, the IC spends much of its time and resources trying to understand what we call known unknowns. When it comes to foreign nations' weapons systems and sensors, known unknowns are those features that we don't fully understand yet. The challenge associated with UAP is that they are completely unknown and require a more expansive collection and analysis effort. The intelligence community must balance addressing known threats to our national security with preventing technical surprise. We must continue to follow the facts where they lead us and ensure that there are no technical surprises. The IC must take it seriously when there are credible observations of phenomena that seem to perform in ways that could pose a threat to safe flight operations or that could be signs of a foreign adversary's attempt to develop a strategic 
technological surprise against the United States. This is the open, unclassified portion of our hearing. We'll have a closed, classified part later. It's important for the public to know that the classification of information exists to protect national security, not to try to hide the truth. When we're trying to determine if any UAPs are new technologies being developed by foreign governments, we are inevitably going to run into classified information about what new systems and technologies we do know are in the works here or abroad. But where information does not risk national security, it should be shared with our allies and the public when feasible. I hope that we can have your assurance to this end today. Uh, interesting, right? Uh, Congress is, is imploring the military to ensure the safety and secrecy of important information uh, due to um, adversarial national security issues. Also, uh, one of the things that Spirit of Admitos and I really take a fascination in is, is just this, this quirky nature of the universe and the way that it works. And if you go back and you rewind, someone opens a soda can right in the middle of his talk, and it's almost like a trigger. It's like a, uh, a little marker where the, uh, the BS might start, where the uh, over-splaining over the secrecy, the need for secrecy in, ensues. And I wanted to give that um, portion because I didn't, I didn't find a lot of that talk interesting within the hearing. There was a lot of it that focused the hearing not on um, unexplained aerial phenomenon from, um, let's say, a, an otherworldly um, perspective, but it was very much focused on um, terrestrial adversaries and, as he said there, um, this need to keep our senses, our sensors and procedures secret while also trying to expose what an adversary might be coming up with as like a first strike um, offensive weapon, right? That's the way, either that's the way these people think or that's the way the grift achieves the funding and the laundry mechanism. You know, it's up to you to decide what what you see there. Um, I just found it very interesting that the the congressperson was uh, was exploring um, the need for secrecy. And again, remember they have a secret classified meeting hearing after this particular public hearing. This is in some ways all for show for. For Mr. Uh, what is his name? Moldier. What's his name? Oh, Moultrie. For Mr. Moultrie to tell us about how he doesn't dress up, but he does go to the conventions, and about how much he believed in that moon landing, even though generations clearly don't think that it happened, and it was in the context of his uh, his uh, fandom of science fiction. So it's just a bizarre hearing, I guess, a bizarre topic. Um, it's very interesting, though. I might have saved the uh, best for last. Uh, Representative Gallagher um, had the moments in the hearing that were the most um, awkward and almost gotcha. Usually in these hearings, there's lots of challenging um, questions and statements. Um, he was the only one that had uh, questions that stumped the witnesses. Uh, usually it was just a lot of uh, people doing their monologues and, and moving the story along to get out of the public hearing and into the classified um, secret hearing they were moving to next. 
It's also been reported uh, that there have been UAP observed uh, and interacting with and flying over sensitive military facilities, particularly and not just ranges, but uh, some facilities housing our strategic nuclear forces. Uh, one such incident allegedly occurred uh, uh, at Malmstrom Air Force Base, in which 10 of our nuclear ICBMs were rendered inoperable. At the same time, a glowing red orb was observed overhead. I'm not commenting on the accuracy of this. I'm simply asking you whether you're aware of it and whether you have any comment on the accuracy of that report. Let me pass that to Mr. Bray. You've been looking at UAPs over the last uh, three years. Uh, that data is not uh, within the holdings of the UAP task force. Okay. But are you aware of the, the report or that the data exists somewhere? I have uh, I have heard stories. I have not seen the official data on that. So you've just seen informal stories, no official assessment that you've done or exists within DOD that you're aware of uh, regarding the Malmstrom incident? Uh, all I can speak to is, you know, what's within my cognizance of the UAP task force, and we have not looked at that incident. Well, I would say, I mean, it's a pretty high-profile incident. Uh, I, I don't claim to be an expert on this, but that's out there in the ether. You're, you're the guys investigating it. I mean, if, who else is doing it? If something was officially brought to our attention, we would look at it. Uh, there are many things that are out there in the ether that aren't officially brought to our attention. So how would it have to be officially brought to your attention? I'm official. bringing it to your attention. Sure, so, <laughs> this is pretty official. Sure. So we'll go back and take a look at it, but generally there is some um, authoritative figure that says there is an incident that occurred. We'd like you to look at this. Uh, but in terms of just tracking what may be in the media that says that something occurred at this time, at this place, uh, there are probably a lot of leads that we would have to follow up on. I don't think we have resources to do that right now. Well, I don't claim to be an authoritative figure, but for what it's worth, I would like you to look in, into it. And sure. If for no other reason, you could dismiss it and say this is not worth wasting resources on. Will do. Um, okay, there is a bit to unpack there where Representative Gallagher, from Republican from Wisconsin, is asking them about the Maelstrom uh, military base incident um, that is in Montana. And interestingly enough, a Daily Mail article came out a couple days later. The gentleman who reported that back in 1967 is still alive and was quite upset about this hearing. Uh, former Minuteman commander slams Pentagon officials for saying they knew nothing about UFO incident that shut down nuclear missiles at U.S. Air Base in 1967 because he reported it to DOD last year. Robert Salas has claimed Pentagon officials lied about not having information about a mysterious UFO incident that deactivated U.S. nuclear missiles in 1967. Intelligence officials Scott Bray and Ronald Moultrie were grilled by a House committee Tuesday in the first public UFO hearing in more than 50 years. Asked about the incident, Bray said that data is not within the holdings of the UAP task force. I have heard stories. I have not seen the official data on that. But Solace told DailyMail.com he reported the event at the time, has spoken about it repeatedly, and reported it to the government's UFO task force in 2021. The response I got was, we already know your story, so unless you've got something new, we don't need to hear what you've got to say. The former Air Force captain was on duty at Montana's Maelstrom Malmstrom Air Force Base in March 1967 when a mysterious red orb flew over and that shut down uh, the nuclear missiles, making them inoperable. So interesting to unpack this and try to view this from an objective standpoint. 
one, um, they could very well know about this incident and they're withholding it until they get into their um, secret classified hearing afterwards. I don't think that's the case. Um, they say they don't have the data. Remember, everything they're talking about in this hearing is very data procedural driven. So Commander Minuteman Commander Solace and his word doesn't give them any data in this modern sense of trying to figure out what these things are. I think it's awkward they said they knew nothing about it when clearly they had reports. Um, but from an objective standpoint, if they're trying to be official and they're talking about data, they're talking about sensors, they're talking about what they know, just an eyewitness account from 1967 does not provide a lot of data. Now, you could say, oh, sure, but they could go back and, and pull that data. Surely data was pulled from that time. I don't have that particular information. It is curious that they glossed it over and said they were not aware when they did have uh, Mr. Solace report. Uh, they didn't seem to be very respectful of Mr. Solace. So, you know, I, I would avoid saying they're trying to cover something known up. Um, it just might be that they don't have enough data to include that in what they're researching. Or to present my theory from earlier, they might be compartmentalizing all of their information to only include what ATIP, what, uh, what Mr. Bray has been in charge of with Navy intelligence for the last three years. And what then they're rolling up that information into this new AIMSOG unit. So perhaps... Um, they are ignoring anything that came before that as if it does not exist. And then finally, are, are you aware of a document that appeared around uh, 2019, uh, sometimes called the Admiral Wilson Memo or EW Notes Memo? I am, I am, I am not. You're not. Are you I'm not personally aware of that. Okay. Uh, this is a document in which, again, I'm not commenting on the veracity. Uh, I was hoping you would help me with that, in which a former uh, head of DIA claims mm -hmm. to have had a conversation with the doctor Eric Wilson uh, and claims to have uh, sort of been made aware of certain um, contractors or, or DOD programs um, that he tried to get uh, fuller access to and was denied uh, access to. Um, so you're not aware of that? I'm not aware, Congressman. Uh, in my 10 seconds remaining, then, I, I guess I just would ask Mr. Chairman unanimous consent to enter that memo into the record. Without objection. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Appreciate it. Okay, this one's a little harder to unpack. Um, I found the document that is the EWD Notes document. Uh, you can go to theconservativehippie.com, click on this particular show. I've got the link right there in the show notes. Go check it out for yourself. Um, it's pretty bizarre, but it's unverified. W what is it? It could be one of these fake documents that are planted into the ether um, for people to go chasing their tails. It could be very real, a real discussion between Dr. Eric Davis, who at the time was CEO of Warp Drive Metrics, and an Admiral Wilson, U.S. Navy retired, former Director of Defense Intelligence Agency. They discuss in this memo, um, this document, there's a lot of things they discuss, including MJ-12, the Cabal. They discuss, uh, um, what are these called? ARVs, Alien Reproduction Vehicles. They talk about crashes and recovery. Um, it's a very interesting document, but again, 
you know, it's almost like red meat thrown into the ocean, a little chum uh, for the sharks and all the little fishies to come swim around and chew on it. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. But it is interesting. If you want to check it out, read it for yourself, do some more research, definitely look into that. I've got the link there at uh, theconservativehippie.com. It's on your screen right now. Um, if you want to search for yourself, just searching EWD notes memo um, would be what you could do, and it would pull it right up. Again, if these things are secret, if these things um, aren't meant to be seen, wouldn't they be scrubbed and hidden better? So that's the, it's the only uh, trepidation and warning I give from this particular memo. Uh, but it is an interesting conversation. Go check it out for yourself. That's the show. That was basically the hearing. What I skipped past beyond Adam Schiff and his bug eyes was a lot of talk about um, censors' procedures. They're they're almost setting it up so that there's you know what what do they like to do in the military? They like to set up very um, sterile environment for data collection and analysis. So um, there was one mention of MUFON in the um, hearing that I didn't include in this particular podcast, where there was a bit of word salad and confusion as to whether or not MUFON was part of the data sets um, from the ATIP organization, or if they just mentioned, if they were mentioning MUFON to try to work with civilian population to collect data. Um, That was a bit unclear, and I did not include that in this podcast. But there you go. Um, Tune in to Spirit of Admitos in his YouTube channel. I suspect he'll do a follow-up, and perhaps he's found something uh, that I missed or used this analysis. Um, Very interesting. Uh, You'll have to determine. I'm not going to tell you uh, what you should think. This is very interesting. It's almost like the... um, the Congress oversight is grabbing this supposed secret um, data collection adventure and bringing it into their uh, funding mechanism. So this secret program that had black budget funding is now being officially funded by the taxpayers. They're also bringing up this whole alien UAP um, into the zeitgeist of our consciousness at this particular time. Know that most likely there are still secret programs, black budget programs that will not see the light of day. And perhaps this um, congressional body will be used as some sort of uh, block and tackle um, technique to thwart any um, investigations into what the U.S. military is working on. Uh, there are a lot of different angles to this. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, thank you very much. I hope, I hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you on the flip side. Oh, my gosh, dude. Wow. Okay. Oh, oh, oh.